friends, this is Nancy Beach, and I'm a part of the Fellowship of the Withered Hand. I've known John and Nancy since we had the joy of serving together at a church uh, several years ago. And the episode that I've chosen as one of my favorites is called How to Buy Stamps. And I really like it because it celebrates the very ordinary, everyday ways of walking with Jesus through the simple moments of life. So I hope you enjoy it. The most popular class in the nearly now 400-year history of Harvard University is not Shakespeare. It's not from the schools of law or business, great as though they are. It's Positive Psychology 1504. It's taught by Tal ben Schrars, a guru on happiness. This is how to be happy. The most popular class in the history of Yale University, now almost 320 years old, is taught by... Uh, Lori Santos, and it's called Psychology and the Good Life. The most popular course in the history of Stanford University is, as you might guess, in the area of design, only it's not architecture or engineering, how to design some great system. It's designing your life, designing your life. Co-taught by a guy, Dave Evans, who is a radiant follower of Jesus. We had him speak one time at the church where I used to work. Just amazing. The most popular course at Stanford's great rival, uh, University of Cal Berkeley, is how to get into Stanford. Actually, I just threw that in there for people in my old church. For some reason, they just love jokes about Stanford and Cal, even if they were not particularly funny. The reason why these courses had such uh, August institutions are popular is because of a basic truth about human beings. Far, far more than we need to know how to make a living, we need to know how to make a life. How should we live our lives? Where do we find wisdom? And here we come to one course above all, from one teacher above all. He was an unlikely candidate for this. In fact, experts back in his day noted that he didn't have credentials or a degree from any kind of credited institution, and yet people flocked, and they still do 2,000 years later. The initial class that he taught, still the most famous lecture of all time, begins with the good life. Who has the good life? Blessed, he says, are the poor in spirit. The good life comes to even unlikely candidates. That word is always a little tricky to translate. Some translations simply say happy, the poor in spirit, those who mourn. Not because those are uh, happy conditions, but because now life together with God in his kingdom is available to absolutely anybody. And then he went on from there to talk about how do you become a good person, which is a question from which we can never escape. And he says it has to come from a transformed inside, what Dallas Willard in this book we're going through calls the renovated heart. Lest your goodness, your righteousness, the old word for it, exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees who tried to do externally good behaviors but did not neglect to pursue the transformation of that inner flow of thoughts and perceptions and desires and choices all the time. And then he went on to talk about how do you become a good person and you do that by becoming his follower, his apprentice. And so on page 241 in the renovation of the heart, Dallas writes, this is the most fundamental thing is to be clear on what an apprentice of Jesus is. 
It's people who have learned to trust Jesus with our whole lives and therefore make our ultimate goal trying to be with him from one moment to the next to learn from him how to live like him. That's our course. That's our class. That's our teacher this day. And now he talks about two inseparable aspects of apprenticeship. So we'll look at this quite quickly and then focus on the second. Two different, though, inseparable aspects of discipleship need to be singled out, Dallas writes on page 241. The first is what we might in misleading language describe as the specifically religious aspect. Here, we are learning to understand and do the things Jesus gave us in specific commandments and teachings. We are studying his words and deeds in the four Gospels. This learning is primarily developed through the teaching ministry of our church as we gather in sermons and classes and what we're doing right now in this moment. Here, for example, we'll be learning what it means to trust ourselves wholly to Christ, fully abandoned, and then not to fear those who kill the body but are unable to kill the soul, as Jesus taught. Dallas speaks about how fear, among other things, is a habit And it really is possible, and I've learned something about this over the last couple of years, to cultivate a different habit, to not simply unthinkingly, reflexively respond with unchallenged fear in difficult situations. How to give a cup of cold water to a little child in the name of Jesus. How to swear not. The idea there isn't not cussing, although it's a good idea not to cuss, but not to use language to try to manipulate people. How to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I'm working on that one on a daily basis. We're learning how to actually do these things. While developed in the gatherings of disciples, this learning is only completed as we take it into all our life activities, especially at home and at work, and increasingly practice there, as a matter of course, the things that Jesus taught. So those are the direct teachings, what Dallas puts in language that he says might be a bit misleading as religious. But a second aspect of discipleship concerns all the details of what, for lack of a better term, we call our secular, our non-churchy life. How do you run a business? How do you live with your parents or live with a mate or raise a family? How do you get along with neighbors? How do you participate in government? How do you get an education? How do you engage in the cultural life of your society? These two are matters in which we are to be constantly learning how Jesus would lead our lives if he were we. Constantly learning. He would do those things, uh, he would do those things if he were we, and they are not just matters of keeping his commandments, though they presuppose that. They presuppose that we are seeking with his help to keep his commandments. But way beyond that, in these matters of ordinary human existence also, Jesus is our constant teacher and we his constant apprentices. He walks with me and he talks with me, as the old hymn says, about all these matters. Nothing is too small, nothing is too ordinary. So here are two of the little things that you can learn from Jesus today. Just as throwaway examples, there is no limit to this. He walks with me. Let's just start with that. How are you walking right now? You know, one of the oldest phrases in the Bible to describe what life can be 
is to say, for example, of the character Enoch, Enoch walked with God. Abraham walked with God. Moses walked with God. Let's just start physically with your body, with walking, which is a gift. How do you walk? So many people, when I look at them, when I catch myself sometimes unaware, walk with this kind of defeated posture, um, shoulders hunched over. That's the way that you walk if you are carrying a great weight or burden on your back. But to walk with God means that I'm delivered from that. So today, practice how to walk as you would walk if you were walking with Jesus. My mom was telling me when she walks, this is the stuff that she works. And when you're real little, you got to learn how to walk. And then when you get older, you got to go back to working on how you walk. So you walk heel toe, not with shuffling steps where you're constantly looking down and that make you apt to stumble. Just quite confidently heel to toe. And then she says shoulders back and down. Not stooped, not slumped. I don't carry the weight. This is my father's world. And then she says, walk with your head up high like there was a string connecting your head to heaven. I have another friend, um, I won't mention his name, but you know who you are while you listen to it, who said that sometimes he kind of slumps over when he walks and his wife just pokes him in the back. And that's a reminder, stand up straight. You are a child of the king. You are a son or a daughter of the most high God. And somehow when we walk, heeled toe, shoulders back and down, head up real high. Our body reminds us, oh yeah, I'm just not walking by myself. I am walking. How are you going to walk today? See, to be an apprentice of Jesus means taking something as ordinary and as walking and beginning to do it with him. And what we do with our bodies impacts our souls. I was out running real early this morning and I remembered both Dallas and my son Johnny talked about how you cannot skip and be sad, or at least it's very difficult. So while I was running, I just began to skip. And it's true, when I run, I think my face probably looks pretty unhappy. When I skip, I just have a big smile on my face. Second, just a tiny little example of learning how to do ordinary things together with Jesus. This is from... Uh, a friend who is quite an inspiring person, Steve Hayner. He was the president of InterVarsity, Columbia Seminary. Amazing guy. But he talked about when he was a young man and he was doing an internship at a church. And uh, uh, the woman who is, I think, the wife of the senior pastor was Homer Goddard. Uh, Steve was mailing out invitations to a banquet or something. And he had the envelopes all there. And she said, no, 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 you can't mail those out. And he said, why not? And she said, the stamps are not beautiful. Those stamps are ugly. You need to go down to the post office and pick out some stamps that have some style, some elegance, some pizzazz. And then you put, and he said the rest of his life, he always remembered that. How would Jesus stamp an envelope? Would he do it with a little pizzazz, with a little elegance, with a little style? Um, with a desire that when people get that envelope, they say, oh, there must be something special going on here. And there is no detail too small. 
to be unable to reflect the beauty and goodness and joy and generosity of the kingdom of God. How do you answer your phone today when you pick it up? How do you send an email? How do you sign off on it? How do you look at somebody? How do you put on your clothes? How do you eat your food? How do you read a book? What do you do when you're done with this? We are learning from Jesus, not just the big religious stuff. Love your enemies. Don't swear. That's all good. We try to obey all that. How do you walk? How do you put a stamp on an envelope? That's the invitation today. Guard your heart. See you next time. Hey, thanks for joining us here at becomenew.me. My name is Tim, and I'm a part of the team here. We've so enjoyed this series favorites, hearing from some of John's friends and previous guests and hearing from you. At the end of the series, we're going to play the episode that you have voted as your favorite. We have a Facebook group and people have been voting in a poll there. People have also just been emailing in and texting in. If you're curious about those numbers, you can text us at the number 855-888-0444. And you can text us to let us know what your favorite episode is, or you can text us if you've got a prayer request. Or if you wanna receive a link whenever a new video is aired, you can text the word become to that number as well. You can also email us at becomenew.me at gmail.com. We're a community that believes the most important thing about our lives is not the things we achieve, but it is the kind of people we become. So thanks for joining us on that journey, and we'll see you soon.